Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. In light of all the things that's been going on in our country and in our culture, I want to share with you some basic biblical truths about what it's going to take to have a blessed home and a blessed family, a blessed community, and a blessed nation. It goes back to what God had already ordained that we have fathers and mothers in the family that will build a strong family. As we have just celebrated Father's Day, it is time for us to implement some of the characteristics of God, our Father, in being sure that our home and our family represents the kingdom of God. We honor and encourage every father to be like our Heavenly Father. Come and go with us today as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. We have been looking at the subject of light. The first spoken word of God in the book of Genesis were, let there be light. We have already established that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. We've established that God has brought us from darkness to light. And we talked about walking with the light. That is our fellowship with God. We cannot walk in the darkness and in the light at the same time. But I want to look at a passage in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 where Paul challenges the believers to model themselves after God in a unique way. So I want to talk to us because we can talk about walking in the light and living in the light, but what is that and what does that mean? Paul talked about that a little bit in Ephesians as well. And then in Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 1, he tells the church, he's talking to believers. He says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The first way we are to imitate God is to live a life of love. Live a life of love. Uh, so if God is light and God is love and we are in God and he's in us, we are to at least be loving people. There shouldn't be any mean Christians. Shouldn't be any mean ones. Shouldn't be walking around with an attitude. Where can't nobody get along with you. People are afraid to talk to you. They can't say anything to you because you take it the wrong way all the time. They say we ought to have some love demonstrated from our lives. But I want to talk about walking in the light, which also means living and ordering our lifestyle in the light. Paul continues in verse 8 of Ephesians 5. He says this, For you, talking to the believers, were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light 
consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. As I look at that again, even now, that verse tells us that you were once darkness. Now, I was reading that earlier, and in my mind, I just thought he was saying you were once in darkness. He's not even saying you were in it. He said, that's what you were. You were darkness. That was your nature. That's what emanated from you. But now he says, but you are not in the light. You are light. The scripture speaks of God as our light and our salvation. Jesus referred to himself as the light of the world. And for believers to imitate God, we must walk in and reflect God's light coming from us. You ever seen on a night where the moon was full and the moon was bright and it kind of lit up things around you. You ever said, but it's a full moon. It's, it's kind of light outside. The moon is lit. The moon is giving off light. Well, the moon has no light. The moon is reflecting the light from the sun. And if there was no sun, the moon wouldn't reflect the light. We can't get so arrogant because we are light. We have no light. We're reflecting the light that's shining on us. And that's the way we ought to be. People ought to see us and say, you are lit up. Well, it ain't nothing but the power of God. Because when the power of God moves, you don't light up. When we speak of light from the scriptures, we should understand that there are Two aspects of light. There is the intellectual aspect and the moral aspect. In the intellectual sense, light represents truth. In the moral sense, light represents holiness. Living holy. I wish this was a holiness church. I grew up in the holiness church. That's a different kind of church. That's the church that there is an expectation that people live holy. That's the holiness church. No, no, no. We don't do that up in this church. We are holy folks. We have the Holy Ghost and we live holy. That's the one that will testify. I don't know what they did in the Baptist church. I wasn't Baptist, but the folks in the holiness church would say, I've been saved all day and no evil have I done. That's what they would say. They, they wouldn't say, well, you know, the Lord forgive me. They didn't say, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. No, they said, I've been holy all day. Yeah, they said, I'm saved and I'm sanctified. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and that with the what? Mighty burning fire. That's what they said in the holiness church. I don't know what they said where you was. They may have said, bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Feed me till I want no more bread. But we didn't say that. We just said I'm saved. And I'm sanctified. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And that with the mighty warning fire. And I'm walking with the Lord. That's the holiness church. Folks don't want to go to the holiness church no more. Because they mess up what you got going. They step on your toes. They tell you you need to straighten up and button up and cover up. 
Honey, you can't walk in there showing everything. Nobody want to see no plunging neckline in here. Who you trying to entice? They would say that in the holiness church. But the light means I'm walking in the light. See, when you're walking in the light, everything is exposed and you can, they can see everything going on in you. Okay, all right. Y'all want to hear a Christmas message? I'm talking about light. Paul says we, we need to walk in the light. And that light is not just a, a, a pretty term. It's, 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 light means something. It means truth. It means holiness. I'm walking in the light. I mean, you can look at it. You can inspect it. You can see. I'm not ashamed of what you're going to see when the light get turned on. How many of us are ashamed of what will be seen when the light comes on? Just as there are two aspects of light, there are two aspects of darkness. In the intellectual sense, darkness represents ignorance. He's dark and he just don't know. In the moral sense, darkness represents evil. When we talk about the intellectual aspect of light or darkness, we're talking about what a person knows, what a person thinks, what a person believes, and then ultimately how they function. That's why the scripture commands us in Romans to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. He brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Now you need to start walking in the light and walking in the truth. One of the greatest problems facing the world today is the darkness over the minds of people. You know, and the darkness didn't get there just like you know, at night when you turn the light out, it instantly goes from light to dark. The darkness got there like the day when the, when the day is changing from daylight to dust and darkness. A little at a time, it gets darker and darker until it's dead of night. Here's what Paul told the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That's why I don't argue with unbelievers. I don't try to argue with them about how they need to live right. I just pray that God will open their eyes and understanding so they can receive the message of the gospel. I argue with believers about living right. Not unbelievers. I argue with church folks about pulling off the old man and putting on the new man. I don't argue with unbelievers about that. An unbeliever do what unbelievers do. They sin. I don't argue with them about that. I just pray, God, will you just open their eyes and open their hearts and open their ears so they can see and they can hear the glorious gospel. Now, that's the easy part. The hard part is trying to get saved folks to live holy. I don't want to look at nobody. I'm going to just look straight out there. <laughs> but you wonder why folks around you don't want to receive God? The God of this age has blinded them. If you're not aware of whom the God of this age is, the Bible is clear that it is Satan. It is the devil. He's still active and he's still working. He's still on his job and we discount him nowadays. We act like he doesn't exist. The devil is busy. 
He is not retired. He's not hung up his shingle and say he's through. He is working and he's working harder today than ever before because he knows the end is coming. The Bible is clear on who the God of this age is. Jesus had a confrontation with him in the wilderness. Matthew chapter 4 verse 8 says, Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. The devil showed him that. Look at all the kingdoms. The kingdoms of the world. What would the kingdoms of the world be today? The kingdoms of the world would be the, uh, uh, the Arabian kingdoms of those who are in the Middle East. It would be the European kingdom. It would be the Soviet Union. It would be the United States of America. He showed him all the kingdoms of the earth and said, I will give these to you if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus didn't fall for that. But I wonder who is running the kingdoms now. He's still running the kingdom. He says, this is the kingdom and the only thing that disturbs me, the only thing that tripped me up on this kingdoms that I am, am orchestrating and am ruling over is those church folks who decide they're going to pray. As long as they don't pray, I'm good. As long as they don't release that power that God has given them against the principalities and the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, I'm good. I can take a country, he used to say, God bless America, and make them take that off of their money. I can make a country whose children used to pray every day in school and wipe that out. I can take a country who used to have nativity scenes all over and make them take the Ten Commandments out of every building and then take the nativity scenes out of every public place. He said, I can make that happen. Just don't let them church folks wake up and pray let them just shake their head and say, oh, I don't know what the government's doing. As long as they don't pray, I'm good. Let them worship. <laughs> let them run around in the church. Let them shout. Don't let them pray. I'm good. That's my kingdom. I can make it work. The only thing that gives me trouble is those folks when they start praying. That's the only thing that gives me trouble. I don't care about the rest of it. They can have 30,000 people in that church. Just don't let them pray. They can have the best praise, the best worship, the best bands, the best videos. They can do all of that. I don't care as long as they don't pray. They can be too blessed to be stressed. They can be above and not beneath. They can be the head, not the tail. I don't care as long as they don't pray. Because my agenda is still moving forward. Several times in scripture, Satan is Referred to as the prince of the air. And he sustains his kingdom and his people by blinding their eyes to the light of the gospel and God's provisions. This is what Isaiah said to the people who were living in darkness. In the book of Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. He says, woe to those. And sound like he should be writing this today. Woe to those who call evil good. And good evil. You shouldn't just be telling people the only viable family structure is a man and a woman. You can, why are you going to just tell the kids that you just need to be a husband and a wife? How come it can't be two men and two women? You're out of control. You're homophobic. 
And then some of the church folks buy into the same philosophy. Well, yeah, you can't just tell people what they do. Okay, he said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Those who are wise in their own eyes and are clever in their own sight. Isaiah is saying, what's wrong with those people? God is the opposite. He is light and he brings light to those who are in darkness. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Everyone who belongs to God walks in the light, both intellectually and morally. We ought to walk in the light in our minds, and in our actions. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5 said, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, if we function in the light, if we live in the light. Now back to our text in Ephesians 5, 8, Paul tells us that there is a contrast in the life of the believer. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. I was thinking about that. What do children of the light live like? How do I become a child of the light? I am born of God who is light. And now I'm a child of light. Because I was born of God who is light. So you say you're a child of God, don't you? I'm a child of light. The light is in me. Now I just need to function as light. A person who's been saved from sin is no longer controlled by sin, but should live as a redeemed, purified child of God. To illustrate this point, the apostle uses the biblical figures of darkness and light. Notice you were once darkness, once in darkness, that's past tense. You were once darkness. Darkness in your mind. Darkness in your deeds. Darkness in your understanding. But now, in the present tense, you are light. Come on, let's just declare that. Say, I'm light. I'm when you are light, you just know you go into a dark place, something's going to light up because you walked in there. I'm light. Jesus recognized this problem with the believers. Uh, he said, you're light, but you got the shades pulled down all around you. That's why he said, take the cover off the light. Come on. Take the cover off the light. Take the bushel off the light. He didn't say you weren't a light. He said, why are you covered up? With the light that you have, no one is benefiting. They're in darkness. They are darkness. And you walk in there with a light and they're still dark. Present tense, you are light. As a result of who you are, then he says, live as 
children of light. Since you are saved, you're not only in the light, you are the light. And we're the light because our minds have been eliminated and our deeds are deeds of light. We start living better. We start walking better. We start living this righteous, holy life. Now, I know we don't get there overnight. We don't get there in an instant. You get saved one day. Your spirit man have connection with God. That doesn't mean that you are walking in righteousness and holiness the next day. You begin your walk. You are born again. You are babe in Christ. But Paul says we ought to pull off the old man. And put on the new man. That's that process of taking off the old things and the old way of living and the old deeds that we used to be involved in. And you ought to be getting closer and closer and closer in your spiritual maturity and walking with God every day of our lives. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5:14: You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise or glorify your Father who is in heaven. Men will see your good deeds because your good deeds are going to be the product of the light that's in your life. Men will see your good deeds. What happens is when you are a light in the dark place, folks ought to automatically just know that there is something different about you. The folks on your job ought to be looking at you kind of funny. Something's different about you. I ain't talking about from the crazy sense. I'm talking about you don't respond like everybody else responds. You don't have the same attitude about things other people have. You have a gentleness about yourself. You have a peace about yourself. You have a calmness about yourself. I notice that you can get together. I see you kind of meditating and reading on your scripture. I see you speaking to people and encouraging them. I see there's just something. I can't put my finger on it. If nobody knows that there's something different about you, you might want to look in the spiritual mirror and say, Lord, why don't folks know that there is a light that came in that dark room? I don't care where you work and what you do. If the light of the Lord Jesus is shining in your life, someone will notice a difference in you. But if you always complaining, you always talking about what somebody ain't doing, you always got an issue, all that kind of stuff like that, cut it out and start let the light shine in your life. This is Jerry G. Martin, and you've been listening to The Light of the World, and I certainly hope that you've been blessed by today's message. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You'll be able to hear today's message and any previous messages that have aired on this station. We trust that God will continue to enrich your life as you walk in the light of his glory and his power. Jesus said he came as the light of the world, and then he says, now we are the light of the world. Maybe you are struggling right where you are. I want you to know that we're here to pray for you and to help you to grow spiritually. You can call us right now at our prayer line number, 
281-964-1393. Again, that's 281-964-1393. And we'll be standing by and praying for you. Maybe you want to make a decision for Christ today. We're here to stand with you and help you to walk through that. I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World each Sunday morning. We're meeting in person at 16161 Old Humble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Humble Road at 10 o'clock a.m. Or join us online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. If you're looking for a Bible bookstore, Come to our campus. The Beacon is right here. We have books, Bibles, church, and communion supplies. Call The Beacon, 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, May the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.